We all want to believe in something, but how far will we go to find meaning? From the executive producer of Friday Night Lights, Hulu's new original drama series, The Path, takes audiences inside the mysterious world of a controversial cult-like movement. Starring Aaron Paul, Michelle Monaghan, and Hugh Dancy, and hailed by the Hollywood, Hollywood Reporter as impressive and riveting, The Path takes an in-depth look at the gravitational pull of belief and what it means to choose between the life we live and the life we want. The Path, now streaming new episodes on Wednesdays, only on Hulu. Hello, and welcome to Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizzled on the Twitters. I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And welcome, as always, to our podcast where we talk about the very good television we've been watching. And this time we are both on the same page. We have both seen the entirety of American Crime Story, colon, the people, V, period, O.J. Simpson, and liked it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It was a good television show. We're talking about on this podcast. Yes, that's the that's the sum of our uh, of our editorial and, and critical analysis. That uh, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I do feel like I've been carrying it for a while. Not not that came out wrong. I should rephrase uh, that. I've been I've been with the show for a while because um, you know we watched what like the first five or six when it was you know first available around January. You've been doing weekly reviews. I've been editing those reviews. I've been keeping up week to week, which is something that doesn't always end up happening because I've been so busy. But I've made sure to with this one. Um, so yeah, it, it feels like kind of the the defining show, at least for me, of this early, you know, third of the year, early quarter of the year, or, or what have you. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that you you know you 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 wrote your path review uh, and you said that it, the path was the best drama show of 2016. But uh, that did not take into account the fact that 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 was written with the knowledge that it was your best favorite drama series versus the best comedy series of the year. Yeah, or not that, comedy series, miniseries. I meant that headline was written with very careful wording by me, but not expressly clear wording um, in in the case, which was pointed out over various you know comments and and twitters and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, it's the 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 Hulu series, the path is the best drama series, the best new drama series of the year. Uh, I'd say People vs. O.J. Simpson's the best anthology series, best miniseries, um, best one-off series of the year, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it was a masterful show and a masterfully well-done uh, production. And I think the, the thing that we wanted to talk about today, and we're going to do this without spoilers, uh, even though the joke, of course, with Vote People versus O.J. Simpson is, you know, it's kind of, it's impossible not, everything is a spoiler and nothing is a spoiler because it all really happened. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. We all know the ending, but we're still quite intrigued to see the ending uh, in the terms of the show, or at least framed by this series. Yeah, well, and I think it speaks to the question of, like, what is the real ending for this story? Like, because, you know, these are people's lives, and this, you know, the, the episode, uh, episode 10 is entitled The Verdict, so you know what's the, what the meat of the story is just from that. That said, uh, you know, a lot, just, the, this trial didn't really end with the verdict. It, you know, like, you know, O.J. Simpson is still alive and kicking around and is actually in jail right now, which is a fun fact, uh, if you did not know that. I, I actually had not known that until very recently. Uh, I just, I guess I hadn't kept up with my O.J. news the way I should have. 
but OJ's, but you know, like, so do you do you explore that that what what led what led what led him to be currently imprisoned? Do you dig into the civil case that uh, Ron, the the family of Ron of of, of Ron Ron? It's Ron Goldman, right? Correct. Okay, thank you. Uh, that's something I, I always double checking to make sure if it's Rob or Ron, because uh, everyone half of the people's half the people in this thing are named Robert, so it's an understandable sure. thing to check on. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, there's all these nuances and layers to the case, and that you could keep exploring well beyond the, the you know, him, be, you know, O.J. Simpson's actual final, you know, sentence being handed down. Well, leading up to leading up to the finale, and what's interesting about the construction of this series is that it definitely feels like it's all been leading up to the finale. Everything has been building towards the verdict. There's always the discussion of whether or not he'll be guilty or not guilty. There's always the discussion of who's going to be voting, you know, for and against him in in you know within the jury, uh, in the public realm. Um, but I think that's where it gets really interesting because you always wanted to know the repercussions more than anything else. It couldn't just end with you know, them announcing the verdict and that's the end of it because one of the most important things about this series is bringing to light, you know, kind of what we felt and what the ramifications were of this trial and the way it was covered, not only for the, you know, directly for the people involved, but for everybody who watched at home and the perception that they held at the time and the perception and how that shifted, you know, down the line and, and where it stands today even. Um, so yeah, one of the biggest questions that we have going into tomorrow night's finale, uh, at least for me, is is that final shot. It's, it's wondering what that last image, that last idea will be that they'll leave us with. And I mean, more to that point is exactly who it's going to be left with. Like you and I have been having a discussion over the past week or so kind of uh, related to our Emmys coverage and, and some of the stuff that's been coming out, but you know, like who the actual lead of the series is. And you know, there's a case to be made for for quite a few of these characters. I mean, Sarah Paulson has a very strong case as as being the the main character. Um, obviously, O.J. Simpson has a strong case because his name's in the title. This is all about his trial. Um, but you could also make the case that you know Johnny Cochran, Courtney B. Vance's character, is 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 the lead of this story. So you know, and each episode has shifted. Each episode has kind of dealt with maybe one person more than another. Um, you know, they had the whole episode that was just about the jury. Uh, they had, you know, an episode that focused a couple episodes that focused on on Cochran. Uh, early on, Shapiro Travolta's character was was you know very much front and center. So, kind of where this ends and wrapping up all of those points uh, is is kind of a fascinating idea. It should come as no surprise that this is a longer episode than usual. I think it'll run until uh, eleven thirty. I think oh, it's an wow. hour and a half because it's an hour and like two or hour and five minutes in actual runtime. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like kind of who and how they want to leave it is is had to be a very difficult decision. Yeah, and I think I, I spoke with uh, the Scott and Larry, our buddy Scott and Larry, uh, the creator who or, who served as showrunners on the project, and uh, and yes, that is me trying to get around the fact that I'm not sure how to pronounce Larry's last name, uh, but. Anyways, uh, I spoke with them this morning, and one thing they mentioned was, like, you know, in terms of approaching the story, uh, they do they did have an answer for who they considered the lead characters to be, and those the answer was uh, for them, Marsha, Chris, and Mar Marsha, Chris, and Johnny Johnny Cochran were were to them like the people who cared the most and had the most invested in this case. 
Uh, and as a such, like, that's kind of where they put their emphasis, even at the expense of other characters, like, say, Robert Shapiro or uh, uh, Bobby Kardashian. Yeah, that's interesting compared to, you know, what they've announced will be the, the Emmys categories that they'll, they'll be running with, considering uh, Courtney B. Vance will be lead, Sarah Paulson will be lead, but so too will Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of from from your perspective as or as a as a you know longtime enemy prognosticator, what 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 are you thinking will happen there? Uh, I think it was designed mainly to give the two the two people they see as having the best shot of winning the best shot of winning, which is or which are Sarah Paulson, obviously. I mean, the the episode Marsha, Marsha, Marsha should be enough to push her over the edge almost no matter who her con- who her contenders or who her competitors are um and then Courtney B Vance is kind of the revelation of the series he's you know he's been dealing with a character that could have become a caricature pretty easily and he's really given him a lot of a lot of heart uh he's he's provided him a lot of of grounded authenticity um and he's he's really somebody that people i think will will remember for a long period of time and and putting Cuba in that leading spot is it feels almost mandatory to me just because his name's in the title everyone refers to this as the OJ Simpson TV show if they're not going to quote the full title um, so it seems like a necessary thing for them to do but it also should help with vote splitting uh, especially in the supporting category which I'll be interested to see who they give the biggest push but I'd bet it's uh, Christopher Dard and it's Sterling K. Brown um, because again, I think he probably just has the best material to present to the Emmy voters. Yeah, I mean the thing, the thing about about uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is that he probably has, in retrospect, one of the more thankless, not thankless, but one of the tougher challenges, because uh, you know, every other character we get. We, we the show you know does dig into their motivations and their thought processes, but. The one thing it doesn't do is it never like the one thing I'm I feel fairly confident in saying this it never puts us in a position of really understanding what's going on in O.J. Simpson's head, uh, and that's and, and leaving him as kind of an enigma because you know we no one really knows what you know nobody can say for sure what happened that night except for the two people who lost their lives, and you know <clears throat> I mean. And maybe OJ. And maybe OJ. Just throwing that out there. I'm not. I, I do not mean at all to imply that I don't think that I, I don't have certain thoughts regarding guilt versus innocence. But you know, I think the show does try to take something resembling a, a slightly neutral stance. At least, it, at, at least it certainly doesn't point its fingers at at OJ the way it could. And and very briefly in regards to the Emmys, because I know it's April, guys, and most of you don't really care about the Emmys just yet. Um, but that the interesting thing about Cuba and him running against Courtney B. Vance is he's got a really good story behind him in that he's kind of got an underdog comeback thing going on. Like Cuba Gooding Jr. kind of turned into a joke for a while after his Oscar win, and this is very much you know a return to form. It's something we would have expected immediately after Jerry Maguire if, if these kind of TV shows were being made then um, or if he just could have found projects like this. Uh, he really, you know, strutted his stuff, and when you're campaigning, that's going to help him out. Um, but what's interesting about the that kind of decision that the sh- the series made, that the sh- the showrunners made, in in not explicitly saying, you know, or, or letting OJ say yes or no 
um, in, in an authentic circumstance. Like, obviously, he told his lawyers that he wasn't guilty, but, uh, you know, that's where he was. That's where it, it had to be. Um, but in terms of not taking a stand overall, I thought it was interesting because it, there's another – there's a movie coming out on HBO called Confirmation, which, Liz, I know you've seen. I watched it this weekend. Um, and it kind of does the same thing. It's, it's using the story um, of, of Anita Hill and, and Clarence Thomas and those hearings and you almost kind of expect it to take a stance and give us give you a behind the scenes kind of glimpse into what really happened but because we're still without that knowledge nobody really knows for sure what happens other than those two people um it does the same thing where it takes a step back and it doesn't you know give the audience that kind of moment where it's like oh no this is what really happened because we don't know and they they don't want to make they don't want to take that authority unto themselves which is something to kind of admire um, in projects like these where it could have easily slid into that realm. It could have easily become something that was just trying to either tell us, you know, how wrong they were or how right they were. Yeah, I mean, I'm really glad you brought it up because that was actually something I was thinking about as well uh, in terms of actually discussing in discussing performances. Uh, like Wendell Pierce, who plays Clarence Thomas in Confirmation, also has a really tough job because... Yeah, like you said, because the project takes kind of a neutral stance uh, towards, the, because it takes a neutral stance towards what actually happened instead of more interested in the, you know, re repercussions of it. Uh, yeah, like he, a lot of what Wendell Pierce has to work with is long looks and size and the original testimony that he, that he you know, was able to, you know, give during the actual proceedings. Yeah, and a lot like... OJ in in this in American Crime Story, he's given those behind the scenes moments that we never really had access to in the public, but he's not given the lines where he says one way or another what really happened. Where you're like, oh, okay, we actually saw the flashback and saw what really happened, so now we know what it's being framed as in the series. Uh, both of them are, are very restricted in that sense. Yes. Uh I just, I just, I just want to say hello to um, our, 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 our third, our third member of the, of, of the podcast team. Oh, did we not? Did I not tell you that we were going to have a guest cat on this podcast? Hi, guest cat. Oh man, Marie, she, she just, she needed a time to shine. Yep. Yeah, so, what I think Marie's trying to say, uh, you know, she can, she can wait, wait her turn to speak, of course. But she's, she's like, very rude. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll talk to her. It's okay. It's okay. She's just passionate about the subject matter. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it is like it is really interesting to be have have these projects coming together at the same time. In general, like I've spent way more time than I think I ever expected in the last couple of weeks thinking about uh, thinking about the early '90s and uh, race and race and uh, race and gender issues from those times. Um, I've been looking at a lot of shoulder pads lately. A lot of shoulder pads. <laughs> Yes, the the fashions have uh, have definitely changed a bit since uh, since these were prominent. Yeah, but in that, but beyond that, uh, I mean, I think the the central question we're kind of poking at here is why did this show keep us so captivated, despite the fact that we knew we we essentially knew where where it was heading. Um, and for me, the answer really just, it really is like you were saying before, I think the idea of execution and just like, the, I think the, the, the thesis that they went into the, into OJ Simpson with was being really interested in the how 
of how how everything happened, not necessarily the why, but the how of you know how 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 something as simple as uh, Darden getting assigned the case uh, wasn't a simple thing. Like it had it had it, it, it was the result of many uh, many different events, and you know you know just how everything how everything in like Marsha Clark's life led her to this very intense uh, very intense quest. Yeah, and honestly, without you know spoiling anything about the finale, but I, I feel like it's safe to say after watching the finale and after seeing kind of the the presentation of of, of the fact, the last you know the, argue, the final arguments made by both sides, I immediately wanted to go back and watch it again, even though I'd just seen it and it was all very fresh, to again just try to comprehend how all these events led to this this ending, like how this added up, even though that's exactly what they were outlining throughout the whole thing. It just shows how fascinating that idea and and those decisions and even the the inactions and the actions you know come together to create this kind of I don't want to say train wreck, but it was just a it was something that you just kind of stared at and wonder. Yeah, I mean, it it is like fascinating now. Also, like I have opinions now about why I think why I think what the, you know the case went the way it did. And I have very strong opinions, in fact, and I won't share them because I don't want to tip off anything that does happen in the finale. But I don't know, like, I don't feel like I should be placing all of my my faith in, this is not a historical document, this is a drama, uh, of course, but it does, it it has had a real impact on me in, in terms of how I approach that case and how I look at that period in time. Yeah, and one of the great things about the coverage surrounding this is that a lot of people have discussed, you know, and reached out to the to the real life subjects and kind of discussed, you know, what they get right and what they get wrong. And most of it coming back is very right. And even even the smaller details, um, a lot of the stuff that you dig into in your episode reviews, um, you know, the stuff that's wrong, you understand why it's wrong. It doesn't affect the bigger picture necessarily. The stuff that's right, you can kind of you can see how they framed it. So it had maximum impact, which it would have in that scenario, like how you could create those arguments you're talking about for why people would believe, you know, it turned out the way it turned out. Um, but, you know, more of the point of why we're still here and why we want to see how it ends, I think we want to see how it ends, how this case ends for these people. I think they've done such an exquisite job of crafting these characters and giving them all just incredible dimensionality and 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 just such power behind them. You you want to you want everyone to be okay. Maybe not OJ, but <laughs> you want everybody else to just be okay and you know that they can't be after this ends. So seeing what happens because of it uh is is incredibly fascinating and it's intriguing because I mean, we don't really know. Yeah. Uh you know, it's funny, uh a friend of mine on Facebook, I I had no idea, but she was apparently she worked in Los Angeles in the legal in the in the court system uh, during the case, and she apparently she apparently had occasionally inter, occasional interactions with Marsha Clark, who, who and at the time she thought Marsha Clark was a huge bitch, um, but apparently now now after watching the show and like kind of she she feels like she likes her a lot more, and apparently that's that's you know anecdotally a lot of people are coming out of the show going uh you know i i didn't like marcia at the time but now i really understand her yeah which i think is is really really important because of the 
because of the way that, that she's been presented on the series. Like a lot of that is very objective. Like the the judgment, the scrutiny that she went through over stuff that should have nothing to do with the case and should never have been in the public. You know, the way she dressed, her haircuts, uh, her family, like everything to do with that, you know, should have never been involved in, in any kind of discussion um, by anyone outside of the family. But yet it, it became such a huge deal for this case and for the public and in framing, you know, who she was. So giving her, you know, this kind of voice is, is very important. And to me, one of the things that gets thrown a lot, thrown around a lot in television discussion, especially when you're talking to people who may have transitioned over from film, uh, is that they're so happy they have all this time. They have you know so many episodes. They have ten hours. They have thirteen hours. They have twenty-two hours to discuss a story. You know, over the course of seasons, even if if it's not an anthology show, rather than you know two hours. And I don't feel like all the shows justify that time. You know, some of them could have been shorter. Some of them could have been condensed. Maybe you didn't need to explore that. Maybe that wasn't as fascinating as you thought it was. But I really felt that with this, they nailed it. I mean, there was not a lot of fat in this show, and there could have been so much. They could have made this even longer. Um, and and some of us, you know, part of me wanted them to make it longer because it was so good. But you got to trust them in in knowing you know what they included and and what they cut. Because the final product that's on the screen is 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 really lean and well put together. Yeah, apparently they really wanted to do some more. They they had they had a lot of stuff they were they wanted to deal with, uh, especially with regards to like Christopher Darden's family. Uh, there was a lot more. They 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 there was a lot. There were a lot. There were a lot of great moments they were talking about, including that they just didn't have the time to do a lot of stuff uh, with with Marsha Clark's family as well, like more of her dealing with her ex husband, uh, and all of that. I think. But I think what I think those, the decision to cut a lot of that stuff speaks to the fact that they really did manage to keep this whole thing focused on the case, uh, which is what's in the title. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's I mean it is a fine line once you leave the courtroom and once you're you know literally in Darden's backyard mm-hmm. um, or you're at uh, Marsh Clark's home um, or you're just you know watching the Kardashians become the Kardashians, um, you know, where you draw that line is, is very important for one, you know, because you, you don't want to go overboard. Um, but finding that relevancy in it, I always felt like they were pretty spot on with it. I didn't, I didn't feel like there was a really a lot of extra stuff. No, absolutely. Um, man, you know, I can't keep thinking about now is so, I mean, clearly, of course, Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden is the greatest love story of our time. Um, <laughs> and I can't wait to go back and rewatch uh, the last three episodes of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season one, uh, because I feel like that's going to be I'm going to have to consider that my mental sequel. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, because that's it, it, it's essentially if you if you don't recall Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season one there. And this is actually this is the thing that drives me crazy is that uh, you know you'll recall that uh, Tina Fey, of course, is basically playing a Marsha Clark type mm-hmm. uh, prosecutor, especially uh, with complete with complete with the haircut uh, and the mole. And this is the thing that kills me is that I had no idea when I originally watched. It. I didn't know really remember who Christopher Darden was uh, until you know this January, and then of course like. Uh, you know, American Crime Story made him into such a, a great central figure, uh, and I have a whole new appreciation for him now. But uh, of course, 
but when I watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt for the first time, I had no idea. I, 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 I was not woke to Darden, if you will. And so I had no idea that that was basically who Jerry Minor was playing. And now, and they have a love story in Kimmy Schmidt, and that's lovely. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's almost, you know, not regrettable because it was still very enjoyable as you're watching it. Even if you, even if you did pick up on the fact that this was a, a Marsha Clark Darden kind of homage, if you will, uh, I think people would appreciate it a lot more now having, oh, yeah. having this, you know, build up in the background. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be definitely fun to revisit it. It may have even had a better impact, you know, had you, have you not seen it yet? You might want to check it out cause it'll, it, it plays out in a very amusing fashion just from, from shipping them. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, good, good observation, Liz. Well, I, I, it took us a little while to get there. And really the point of it was, oh, Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden, BFFs, BFFs loves each other forever. Yeah. If you had to pick maybe a favorite maybe a favorite character from the series and then a favorite actor. I don't know if they'd be the same person, but if you had to pick those, what what would what might they be? Ooh. Well I think I mean Sarah Paulson's just so good. And you know, I think I think I I, I saw Matt Zoller Sites refer to her as the best on screen smoker since uh since Don Draper, which I agree with. Well he was he was wrong as our as our uh, own Zach Scharf pointed out by by sending a picture of, of Patty from the leftovers as in a response to that. <laughs> but yeah, she can be second to Patty. Oh, yeah. sorry. I'm just remembering how, uh, you, you should really watch the leftovers. Ben. Oh yeah. I, obviously I haven't seen it. How could I, how could I have missed that show? My, my mistake. Somebody, sorry, uh, somebody commented on uh, Ben on a piece Ben wrote recently that he should check out the leftovers because uh, apparently they don't listen to this podcast and or read IndieWire on a regular basis. Yeah, they just don't associate the name with the like my name with the articles. They're probably just like, well, IndieWire writes a lot about it, but it's not Ben. Couldn't be Ben. So it's a shame. Anyway, sorry to get off track, but yes, uh, but yeah, I, I would say I, I would, if you had. The, you put a gun in my head, I'd say that. I, I did really love, I don't know, it's like, it's so, it's, it is such a good cast. There are so many great players in it. I did really love uh, Sterling K. Brown. I really did. Uh, David Schwimmer didn't initially hook me, but he won me over by the end. Uh, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on all counts. It's, it's very hard to pick a favorite performance. I think it's going to be very difficult for people to actually vote, you know, when it comes to the award season. Um, Paulson seems to be just just her. Marsha Clark probably is the best character on the show, right? Um, just because of what you talked about before, kind of the public transformation of of their perception of her um, and how it's based in in the writing as well as the performance. So she might be just the overall MVP of the series. Um, in terms of personal favorites, I really did like Schwimmer a lot from the start. Um, I feel like he's got a stronger handicap than most coming into this because some people just will always hate Ross, so they're not going to take him that seriously. Um, or to be they, fair, Ross was kind of the worst. I, I disagree with that. But, Who was um, worse than Ross? Who was not worse than Ross? I mean, a lot of people are worse than Ross. I just, I mean, he was, he, he served his part very well. He was an incredibly talented comedic performance in that show. Like, the extremes that they pushed that character to within the bounds of a sitcom were pretty preposterous. And the fact that, at least in my opinion, he, he kept it together, 
uh, is very admirable. But you know, he's always been a pretty talented, dramatic player, and you, know, you can go back to Banda Brothers to kind of see how those performances might evolve into something like this. Um, and by that last episode, especially, there were a couple moments in the finale that really give his character a lot of meaning. Um, and, and it became, it made him even more fascinating to me, Kardashian, as well as Ed Schwimmer's performance of him. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think the only one that people seem to be pretty intensely split over is Travolta. Um, and honestly, I thought he was pretty great. I never, I mean, the makeup choices aside, which which didn't really bother me that much, um, I could see how they would become a little bit annoying. But his his inflections and his kind of personality that he infused into this guy who is so clearly a you know a media whore to some degree, I, I really admired that. Uh, so I, I don't know. I really I fall on the side of probably what seems like the minority and very much liking Travolta. I I also really like Travolta. Um, I mean, I think he he grew on me as well. He was another grower. Uh, but he, like, the way he, del- in, in last week's episode, he added that one line about whatever, I've, I hired all of you. And it made me laugh a lot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was yep. great. He had uh, a couple of great zingers. His, that, the best gif I've found of this show is when the, um. The reading's uh, Facebook. Yeah, the book comes out, and they're all reading it. And they actually had a pretty good montage of people just, you know, sitting around reading it. But then they cut to Travolta, who just goes, "Lesbians," page one ninety-two, and it's just like everybody starts flipping over. Uh, unbelievable. But yeah. yeah, I thought he did a great job with it. Yep. I mean, and so I mean, I, I like you said, people are very split over him. I would not be surprised if he goes unrewarded uh, or un- un- unhonored when the actual nominations come out. Uh, but you know, I think, I think there's a case we made that he did some really stellar work. Yeah. I would not, whether or not he gets rewarded for it in, uh, like in the physical sense of, of getting a nomination or getting a, an Emmy or a Golden Globe. Um, I think it's a great part of his resume. I think it's a great addition to yeah. his, his career so far. So, um, as, as I think, honestly, this has got to be a boom for just about everybody involved. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's making careers, it's reinventing them. Like I, I feel like Courtney B. Vance is going to be someone who gets to really make a lot of make a lot of noise. Hopefully, out of this, like get some really interesting new work as a result. I think Sterling K. Brown might even get the most, just because Vance. You know, he might. <laughs> to me, he's going to be so embedded as that character. The next thing he does that's on a big stage needs to be very much against that type um, for him to him to stand out. But, uh, but yeah, Brown, I feel like, is just ready to do whatever. whatever. Yeah. Well, and he, he's, he's definitely got more, more of a chameleon-like aspect to him. Like, I didn't even recognize him in uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, and, I've been, and I saw that movie after watching eight episodes of this show. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's um, insane. I mean, he was wearing a big helmet. Still. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's sad to see this one go, but I, I'm pretty excited about... I'm pretty excited about the, their, their plans for us for a follow-up season focusing on Katrina. I mean, I say excited though. That's uh, if they if they do even half the stories that you think about coming that came out of that came out of that uh, that event. Uh, it's going to be a hard one to watch. It'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of the interest they can 
they can wrestle up in in that follow up season because it's got to be hard to come to match the the appeal of of this of this series on just about every level. But I am very excited to see what they do with it just because of the all the talent involved and yeah. to see who comes back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean. The, the thing I think the, the the bigger challenge with that one is that there the, it lacks the iconic characters that you know for to some extent like you know aside from like Kanye West and George W. Bush like who are you know there there aren't like a huge aren't huge you know public figures attached to this one. Yeah, very much. Yeah, very true. Um, they should they should be able to explore a lot of the lesser known elements and maybe you know give us even more insight than they did before, but. But yeah, I mean, I'm also very interested to see kind of the general reaction to the the finale of this season. Uh, it'll be, I, I can't imagine it's not going to be overwhelmingly positive, but, um, you know, all the takes that are going to be coming out will be exciting, as well as your own, Liz, yeah. uh, which everybody should look forward to. It'll be out Tuesday night. Yeah, so. I, have to, I have to start Googling. It's going to have a lot of links to uh, Dominic Dunn, uh, I, I'm pretty sure. By the way... It, <laughs> Uh, no, I mean honestly, if if you if if gentle listener, if I if you don't check out the article, just know that you should look up Dominic Dunn's writings on a Vanity for for uh, Vanity Fair. Uh, he wrote some incredibly compelling uh, essays uh, following the project. Uh, he's of course played by Robert Morris in uh, the in the miniseries, but his own work stands on its own. It's really wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, so. That being said, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week that wasn't O.J. Simpson? Uh, the best thing I watched last week is, I mean, actually, there's a lot of things coming out this week, so I feel like, um, I, I feel good about this choice. I could definitely have gone a few different routes, but um, I really enjoyed the Adult Swim Golf Classic. Oh, man, I need to watch that. It airs Friday, April 8th. It stars Adam Scott and John Daly. The actors, not the golfers. Um, obviously, both of these, both of these actors, share names with with very prominent golfers, professional golfers. Um, I guess that may not be obvious to everyone. I don't know how many of our listeners follow professional golf, but people have probably heard of John Daly, and maybe they've heard of Adam Scott. He's definitely won some stuff. Um, I spoke with with Daly earlier today, actually, about it, and uh, there's some there's some very interesting stuff that goes on. It's it's presented as a you know faux documentary of a 1960s match between these two that they 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 played for charity um at the trump international or the trump oh crap trump golf course in in california i can't remember the full name of it now which is bothering me but uh but what's interesting about it is the way that they shot it was over the course of two days and the first day was strictly these two actually playing in competition like the scores that you're going to see come up in the special are their actual scores um you know, some of the some of the cutaways, some of the shots were done on the second day. You know, to provide a little you know levity and humor and, and extra coverage. But uh, the actual results of it, as well as the money donated to charity, are very real. Uh, so even though it's presented as a faux documentary, it's it's got some stakes to it, and they were kind of competitive. So it's it's very interesting. And honestly, even though I watched it, right, I should say I've watched most of it because the screener provided for press did not include who actually won, so I'm going to have to wait until Friday to find out who the victor is. Wow. Um, you almost made me care about golf. <laughs> yeah, that was the goal, to almost make you care about golf. I'm just remembering, well, now, uh, uh, maybe it's just because we have O.J. Simpson on the brain, that I'm just remembering now, like, all the golfing jokes that were made around that time. Uh, 
because because of he was of course a very notorious golfer. Um, there's even that like there's a line in like an X Files episode uh, where Mulder just kind of deadpans like about a, a suspect that they're trailing like oh so he's a killer and a golfer, and which is at, you know it's funny to look back on that twenty years later be like oh yeah that's right OJ Simpson was happening around then that was a joke that they would tell because they were relevant with the pop cultures. Of course, they didn't have to. Yep. Uh, well, what about you, Liz? What was the best thing you saw last week? Oh, uh, better call Saul. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> always I, a safe choice. I mean, it's it, it's it's so good. It's just so good. It's just so well done, and it's so it's just the way it, this 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 tonight's episode, uh, which hopefully I'll have a review of re- review done for soon. Uh, tonight's episode is a real heartbreaker, and only, if only because you know just how bad it's going. It, you just can sense how bad it's going to get, while also still really enjoying all these all these characters and in, in in this world. Yeah, I, I feel terrible. I have I'm not fully caught up on this season of Better Call Saul, but just from you know editing your reviews and 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 obviously seeing the first season and, and a little bit of this, it's great. I mean, it's. It's one of those stellar shows that is also, I mean, like you pointed out early on, it's just so heartbreaking. I I actually find it hard to get started again because I'm so fearful of that heartbreak. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like it, do you feel like it'll it'll be easier for you if you know what horrible thing is going to happen or do you is it just knowing that something horrible is going to happen? Is that all that it takes? It's knowing that until they catch up to where they started, until it's it's post black and white opening moments of the series, right. that nothing good can happen. So, I I mean it's it's fairly hopeless until then, but it's also just so well made that you have to you know kind of keep up with it. Yep, fair enough. So, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, in all honesty, the next thing I'm looking forward to, Liz, is the Chicago Cubs opening day, Ugh. 9 p.m. tonight, Central Time, uh, a.k.a. Chicago Time, playing Los Angeles Angels, and go Cubs, guys. But uh, since I know from not only Liz's <laughs> disgusted uh, grunt there, I guess, but <laughs> as well as just the, you know, our general listenership does not care that much about baseball uh, other than a few devout listeners, uh, I'll say dice. On time. <laughs> I haven't dug into Dice yet. I've already done an interview with Andrew Dice Clay about Dice, but that was before screeners were available um, or even a trailer was out. So I know a little bit about it. It's semi-autobiographical. It's obviously stars Andrew Dice Clay. He's in Las Vegas. He's got a family. He's trying to resurrect his career. Um, but it's a new Showtime series. It's it's six and out. They're releasing it all at once uh, on VOD, on Showtime, anytime. Um, but uh, it premieres Sunday night, and uh, I mean, I'm curious. It's just one of those shows I think you got to be curious about. Yeah, I mean, I'll wait, I'll wait for your opinion to come through because, like, if it, I think the thing is, especially with this type of show where it's someone kind of vaguely satirizing his own life, like if he, if he, if he really does open up and get honest and vulnerable with it, like it could be really compelling, or it could be, you know, a celebrity uh, ego ego trip and not that interesting at all. Yeah, it very easily could be a vanity project where he just, you know, he he, he kind of uh, not mocks, but but tries to replicate the the trend of these shows that are coming out without actually digging into the the deeper issues. But we'll see. Um, 
Liz, what are you looking forward to? You know, Ben, you know what I'm looking forward to? I don't. That's why I'm, I asked I'm looking forward to the next time I see you. I'm going to see you soon. Yeah. Yeah. It it's going to um, happen, and you're going to murder me probably. But it's I cool. am going to murder you. Yes, that is right. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll be ready. I, I'm sharpening my, my defensive skills as we speak. Yes. Uh, ben, 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 well, you, you're, you're, you've accepted the fact that I'm going to murder you, which is nice. Uh, and we, I think we all are in agreement that I am justified in getting to murder you. Like, I've earned this murder. Uh, because I disagree, but I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. You've if that's accepted the penalty, it, then. then I'll accept it. Basically, if, in case you missed it last week, uh, Ben uh, very skillfully uh, gaslighted me with his, with, with, over the ranch to the point where I ended up writing, a, we ended up co-writing a review that turned out to be a giant April Fool's prank. And is why I'm going to murder Ben, because Ben tricked me into not only writing about the ranch, but writing a lot of words about the ranch, some of which were actually kind of nice. Like, I was nice to Danny Masterson, for God's sake. Yeah, I don't, I don't even expect that. But yeah, I am, I'm very proud of, of the execution of this prank. I know that April Fool's Day is an awful day. I usually avoid it. Um, but I just I couldn't resist this opportunity, especially because... You know, I know you pretty well, at least from you know, like a TV standpoint, in the sense of like what show, like when a show has actually made you pretty angry, and I knew that this show had made you pretty angry. So all I had to do was kind of just throw it out there a little bit that maybe it wasn't that bad, and then that would lead you down this this tunnel of of hatred. So oh, God, you're going. It's it's, it it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really. It was very funny. I laughed a lot, and it's gonna be really sad when I murder you. Yeah, yeah. Do what you got to do, Liz. Yeah. Anyways, uh, if you can find out what you can uh, check out that review as well as other things that don't involve outright lies uh, at IndieWire.com uh, with reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like to read about your favorite shows. And you know, once I'm dead, you'll still at least have our our great Ann Thompson and Eric Cohn providing an IndieWire podcast. Uh, Screen Talk is is in full steam. Uh, they've recently been discussing, as I saw, Batman vs. Superman, but also the new Richard Linklater film. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff going on right now. You know, Can is, is getting ready to, to start up. South by Southwest just ended. Um, festival season in full swing. Lots of new movies you know, that you will be hearing about throughout the rest of the year are getting you know, premiered. So make sure you tune into that podcast uh, weekly. Yeah, and you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And you can find Liz on Twitter at LizLit, that's with an I and an E. That's correct. We'll be back next week uh, with more podcasting fun. And in the meantime, you guys, keep watching television. <laughs> <laughs>